0: I know it's a cliche talking about the weather in Las Vegas in the summer, but this heat is real. So I hope you're somewhere inside or at least in the shade enjoying a cool beverage while you listen to us talk about the week of news. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking about the new food vendor law, why teachers are protesting in front of coffee shops, and of course, how that heat is wreaking havoc all over the valley. It's Friday, July 21st. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Today's Friday News Roundup, we're talking with co-hosts Vogue Robinson and MJ Lyle of the Nevada Current. Hey, guys. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Morning. Good morning. So, before we get into the news of the week, I I guess a big international story is the... Possible reopening of the Tupac Shakur killing that, that murder investigation. Apparently, there was a search warrant that was executed up in Henderson in a house that was associated somehow with one of the people who have always been placed in the vehicle that drove up on Tupac and, and shot him and killed him. They were looking for maybe notes for his book or his movie or I don't mm. even know. You know what? This is such a developing story that will Give it the uh, time that it's due once it starts to unfold a little bit better. But uh, let's talk about the stuff that we do know a lot about. Mm. Uh, First of all, we've got that new food vendor bill that got signed into law. Vogue. Tell us about that one.
1: Oh, thanks. So people might remember from earlier in the year, but we talked to both the Southern Nevada Health District and Make the Road, Nevada. And it really felt like both parties agreed, at least, that the process of becoming like a registered food vendor had some barriers, um, because it's a complicated process, um, especially if there's a language barrier involved. So... Last month, a new bill was signed, and um, but they had a bill signing celebration, so that's some pomp and circumstance about it on Tuesday. Now they've they've shifted shifted some of the regulations, but the new regulations also came with some restrictions. Um, and the new law says that street vendors still are not allowed within fifteen hundred feet of a resort hotel or an ev- or event spaces with capacities of twenty thousand or more, aka you know places with sports teams. And so it, it's like here's a little bit of give, but also y'all can't be this close. Like you're still keeping the street vendors from really capitalizing on all of the new ways that they could be making money. And and I feel like that was the point of us getting all these stadiums and getting these larger events was so that we would bring in revenue. But what about the small guys? So I'm curious from y'all, like, do you think that this, this new law is actually still too restrictive? I
2: know both Clark and Washoe County, which is where these these uh, ordinances have to be crafted. They're still in the process of actually developing what some of the parameters of the ordinances. I don't know what the timetable is of when they're actually gonna, going to be drafting those ordinances. So, and so they'll have some way into this from my understanding. Uh, So I'm really curious of how this all plays out once things are said and done. Um, I know it has the progression of this bill has come a long way. When it first came out, the Las Vegas Metro Police Department was opposed. um, But they're at the the bill signing uh, on Tuesday. And so there has been some progress. And so I think this will come down to what actually Clark and Washoe end up doing as far as their ordinances around food vendors.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, because there was so much intensity with regard to targeting some of these street vendors, and we had talked about that on the pod, as you mentioned, Vogue, that something needed to move, right? Right. So what was happening is that there was this big conversation about, you know, whether or not they were being targeted for reasons that were unrelated to actual health concerns. Mm. You know, uh, a lot of people have had experiences, mostly positive, with street vendors in their neighborhood, uh, elote and uh, ice cream or ices and, and hot dogs and things man. of that nature. <laughs> What's that?
1: Oh, I said the Palateros, but it's okay.
0: (laughs) Right. No, I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And it's kind of exciting. I mean, and I understand all the health concerns, et cetera, but you could work with that. And I think that's what the intention of this is, is that we can get those folks not to be afraid of interacting with authorities, but, you know, to work with them so they're not going to get shut down. I mean, there were some rough penalties. They were destroying all their food. I mean, that was rough.
1: Yo, they just come up yeah. and take it away. And so people, like you were saying, people were in fear of interacting with the police. But at the same time, you're faced with, can I go out and make money for my family? And then also you're risking possibly having all of your inventory taken away. So every day you're you're in the crossroads of making money or having to start all over with with your products. And that's uh that's no way to live. Like that's the edge.
0: Yeah. I mean, Vogue, you asked the question, is it too restrictive? And MJ correctly says, you know, it's still a process and we'll have to see how it comes out. Mm -hmm. But at the end, I'm wondering if if the rhetoric around it is going to tamp down a little bit, because, I mean, we were hearing everything like, oh, these are victims of human trafficking, and then we couldn't find any proof of that. And yet that sort of persists as people talk about it. And just
2: on a lighter note, this is gonna make our city so much better. I was just in LA for LA Pride last month. And like one of the highlights was like leaving and like literally like almost wall-to-wall vendors of like uh, bacon wrapped hot dogs, which hit so differently when you're walking out of an, an event. Like, I feel like this is this is a, a fun community thing to have. And so I just want it to be as business friendly and as people friendly as possible
0: yeah, and as certainly as 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 they work as the street vendors work with the authorities. I think they'll feel more empowered to move forward, maybe to get that brick and mortar if that's something that they desire to do, uh, maybe report any sort of nefarious uh, shakedowns or stuff that we hear about sometimes of just being sort of a solo independent person on the street. They could go to the police and say, hey, you know, this th- these guys are, are are trying to shake me down for protection or something along those lines. And, and maybe they're not doing that right now because they're fearful of how the process has treated them in the past. I I mean, are you hopeful, Vogue, that your neighborhood's going to get filled with uh, vendors now?
1: Oh, I mean, we have some. Like, on the edge, there's always somebody with juices. Um, I mean, it's too hot to be outside, so, like, I admire the dedication. (laughs) Um, But I'm always here for, like, like, fresh fruit. And then, yeah, there's always an Elote Man somewhere nearby. Always. So they're they're around. And I think that it is like a highlight of like, especially when I think about downtown, I feel like that's an area that's like ripe for quick, easy fun. I'm walking and I'm eating food. I just feel like this season is already so difficult for all of them that, um, you know, what makes the most sense to me is partnering with Make the Road Nevada. And it sounds like they're trying to at least have conversations with Make the Road to really find out what do these street vendors need? What are, as opposed to penalizing them, you know, help them pay for the different right. products and like refrigeration systems and classes they need for food handler safety, yeah. all those things to really actually make the road <laughs> for, for people to be able to do what they need to do.
0: Yeah. And help them get shade and help them get, yes, you know, shade. a plan for access to bathrooms or access to handwashing or mm-hmm. all the things that people stations. claim yep. they're concerned about. But more than that, I, I just want to say, look, most of the foodborne illnesses that have been spread through our valley in big, high-profile ways have come from regular old brick and mortars. I mean, it could happen anywhere. You know, don't don't put all your hate or energy into these street vendors. We could all kind of, you know, sort of uh, figure it out, and hopefully that's what's going to happen. I don't want to hear
2: anything about spreading diseases when we have all these pools open and people just jumping in and like,
0: uh, sorry, on today's some episode. tea. Okay, on <laughs>
1: right, today's episode,
0: we're going into the pools. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's move on to another topic. Let's go from uh, juices to coffee. Teachers are out in the streets protesting in front of coffee shops. Why coffee shops, MJ? Don't nobody want to have coffee with Jesus?
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, why is anyone? <laughs> why
2: is anyone in labor po- protesting these days? fair pay. And that's Mm -hmm. what it kind of boils down to. We're seeing that across uh, labor movements right now. And that's no different within the Clark County School District. So Clark County Education Association, the Teachers Union, and uh, CCSD are in the middle of contentious contract negotiations. And I mean contentious, like these people do not like each other. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they've been going on for quite some time. And they actually do have a very strained relationship with the district. They've called for Superintendent Jesus Jara to resign, calling for his reg- resignation multiple times. But for right now, they're in the middle of contract negotiation. The union is asking for uh, salary adjustments for all educators. So they want 10% in the first year and 8% uh, for in the following year. Um, the district is saying, no, 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 that's too much money. We don't have enough money to st- sustain that uh, at that level. And that's going to put this in the red. But CCEA, the education association is pointing to the money that was recently approved by the legislator which allocated more than two billion dollars in k-12 funding over the next two years that's statewide and also uh additional 250 million more for raises so ccsc is actually proposing a salary schedule instead uh, jesus jarra told the las vegas review journal quote our proposal calls for a one-time look back to accurately place licensed personnel on a salary schedule, commensurate with their compensation beyond the demand amounts of CCEA. Them's a lot of words. What do they mean? (laughs) 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 Unscrabble the salad. So, yeah, they're just having negotiations on like how we're actually going to compensate teachers so one side essentially wants like raises incrementally, and why ccsc is saying like let's just look back on who's not getting paid the most um and make sure their salaries are up to what they should be paying um they're all trying to do this by the start of the school year, which is rapidly coming at August seventh, so we'll August see 7th. what that happens. August seventh, can you believe that? That seems so early, and that's that's,
1: that's when school yeah. starts. It's the first day of school.
2: <laughs> Back to the original question: Why are they? <laughs> why are they outside these coffee shops? Uh, because they're angry and trying to get
1: some money. So what I loved. So the Review Journal had a bunch of beautiful photos, and one of the photos of the protests outside of the Samba Latte for his uh yeah.
0: the event coffee with. <laughs>
1: Java with Jara.
0: Java with Jara. He picked like an old storied, fun coffee house sambalate, but it's like in the middle of a super duper busy complex, like Mm -hmm. over at Boca Park. Yes. It's it's the bougie one. So
1: somebody has a red, one of the teachers has a red sign that has black writing that says, Cops got a 24% raise. We're only asking for 18%. So, I mean, I feel like teachers, like you don't want teachers to be mad because they'll start pulling out facts. they'll start pulling out research. they'll start Math. creating signs. <laughs> like they decorate their classrooms, they will decorate these signs. Um, they'll be in
0: cursive so we don't even know what they're saying, but it's probably look, nasty.
1: in both ways <laughs> Jar has money, but he's wait, but he's lying a latte.
0: <laughs> that was one of the signs. Yes. Oh, you know, it's sad because the lattes at Samba Latte are actually quite great. It's sad that they're being dragged into this war. I mean, what i hear in Vogue from what MJ just said is like, they got the money. They're just refusing to spend it in the way that the teachers feel is fair. That's it's not even like we don't have the money. It's like, here's the money. Now what you're going to do? Why do you think Java with Jara and Jara himself become such focal points of educators' frustrations?
1: I feel like I've seen multiple statements from him that have been very, like, Like he just kind of shoulder shrugs about people, about the teachers and actually the parents' requests for things to change. I think there has been at least a decade's worth of time that we have had a teacher shortage. And so for us to be one of the largest school districts in the nation and to still have this problem, regardless of the efforts being made, means that something along those lines also needs to change. There have been multiple times where they've been, uh, the teachers have Had conversations and arguments uh, and needed to advocate for themselves to receive a better pay. And they've, they took classes and did like furthering education and still didn't see the raises that they were supposed to get because they were taking those classes. So I just feel like you can only get shoved around and ignored so many times and then have the person who is the like your leader, your highest leader continually ignore and kind of belittle you before you're just like, you know what? Oh, I'll be there at coffee. I got you, <laughs> but I got you in my own way. And so. I,
0: I mean, the coffee thing was uh, ironically. Nobody wants to talk to
1: him.
0: Well, but that's the thing, right? <laughs> it's ironically there to have a conversation and then all these teachers show up and there's no conversation. Ready to have that it's,
2: conversation. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a different different level of conversation. MJ, what do you think? I mean, what are the ripple effects of low teacher pay for the community at large? And I'm going to say even families without kids in CCSD. Yeah, I mean, we have a teacher vacancy that's
2: pretty dang high. I mean, going How into high? The, In 2022, it was a 1,400 uh, vacancy level. And I believe Rosio Hernandez with the Nevada Independent said
0: going into this year is going to be about the same level. 1400s, like almost 8%. Vacancy rate. That is not good for our community. So there's this
2: back and forth between CCAA and the district about what the level is of people leaving. So the district is like, oh, we only have a 6% separation rate, which is like when people like retire or have medical issues. But the union is saying, hey, hey, hey that is not reflective of everything, of every person leaving. And if you look at that, you have like a 12% spike over the last year. And so um, people are leaving, people aren't filling these positions, people aren't being recruited in because they're looking at this pay and be like, oh, no, 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 I can't come here with that pay. And so that is having a ripple effect. We're talking about what's happening with, with students. I mean, students are already stressed out between and you'll hear me talk about this a thousand times every time i'm coming on this podcast and you'll be not surprised i'll say it again like housing insecurity food insecurity and now they have to come into classrooms where they might not even have a teacher where they have to deal with Uh. a substitute and so they're supposed
0: to learn in this environment Mm
1: -hmm. every year it's every every couple of weeks it's a different teacher which means you don't have any kind of consistency oh
0: that's also and yeah let's not even get into their substitute policy and the lack of benefits for substitutes which kind of failed in the legislature this year. And then the majority are in communities that are lower income and have high poverty too. And so
2: you add that into, on top of everything else, like it does have a ripple effect when we're not paying adequately and not addressing the actual needs of our students. Um We get what
0: we pay for Las Vegas. And some would argue that's why we, you know, are looking at the police force and all the money and and energy into that is because we're not educating the kids properly. We're not doing the things that we need to do. And so a lot of them wind out acting out or being in the streets or, or, or not having the resources that they need to have better lives. And then they call the cops in to clean it all up. That's just a horrible, horrible cycle. Cops is always the solution, right? Hmm. Uh Works out so well for us.
1: On the other side of it, I think it's important to note I think we all know the impact of an excellent teacher, right? Mm. How one or two very good teachers who are thoughtful, who, you know, show you how to like vary their lesson plan in ways that really helps you understand a subject. Teachers who will sit through those conferences and have conversations with parents. Like one of my niece's teachers, like one kid was being bullied and so and my niece immediately befriended her and then they all went to like crumble cookie one day together it's like little things like that where it's like it's so much personal time and so much emotional labor that goes into teaching when you really get in there and give a damn about your students and you know there is no pay that would really be accurate <laughs> that would be like an adequate amount for all of the work that our teachers do but I feel like especially and then they're actually compromising and saying, I don't even want all 18 of my percentage right right now. I'll take it incrementally. And I feel like there are ways to make that happen. And as far as the the district saying, oh, we need to make sure all the rest of the other people are getting paid adequately. Y'all should have done that a long time ago. Not now when we're asking for a raise, you decide to go back and look at and check and see, well, how are we paying everybody else? You don't know that already. Why don't you know your numbers?
0: Yeah. Well, I think we're going to see a lot more of these flashpoints like this protest before we're done. We will work something out. It always does. Just let's hope that it'll be something that's fair,
1: sustainable,
0: sustainable and fair. All right, guys, uh, last topic. And this is what people talk about all the time in the summer in our community. I'm here to tell y'all this heat is real and it is causing havoc in our community. I can't even go down all the stories that are heat related in the last week. Um, People sweltering on the tarmac in a plane where internal temperatures rose above 111. A lady frantically trying to save her dogs that she left in a car by dipping them in ice water, realizing that this wasn't someone being cruel or maybe just a little neglectful, but still like being devastated at her own actions, not realizing how quick the heat came on. We've got stories uh, clearly uh, every year about the population of people who are unsheltered, just being devastated outdoors with these with these temperatures and and on and on and on with regard to you know people putting a demand on HVAC providers and air conditioning because mm-hmm. everyone's systems failing because these systems these HVAC systems these cooling units were not built to sustain this sort of heat every day and that's what we're doing we're hitting these triple over 110 degree temperatures all the time. We're only supposed to be at about 104. That's our average July. And I think this last week is proof that that is not where we're at. Nope. And uh, I don't know, man. How are you all seeing the effects of extreme heat in, in the communities that you live in? Definitely, like,
2: I would say that this is, I hate saying like the new normal. It seems so cliche, but like, it is the new normal, but it isn't because it's actually gonna get worse. The effects of climate change, and every scientist, I'm sorry, every scientist that talks about this kept saying, like, the extremes are going to get worse. But I do want to point out that, and not, again, not going to surprise anyone, I'm going to go here as what I cover, but I am hot. We are all hot. The way that I'm uncomfortable with this heat is different than how those are on how uncomfortable with the heat way different. I recently went out with Help with Southern Nevada's outreach team as they're handing out water in encampments and it is brutal out there, y'all. Like, just to level set, we don't have enough housing, we don't have enough shelter beds, we don't have enough anything, so we can't get physically get people off the streets and so it's just about helping them survive and so... We have outreach workers like help, uh, like other service providers going in the encampments, just providing cool waters, just to make sure they survive it. I feel like we enter this cycle too every year of like, oh my god, this is so hot! Like we have to make sure these unhoused people aren't gonna die on the street, perish on the street. We're already starting to see those numbers, and then fast forward to December, we see higher numbers than ever, and then it's almost like we forget and we enter this loop, and like we start seeing the trends in March and April as heat starting to rise. And like, it's almost like we're not preparing fast enough too. And so I just want us to keep in mind that like, it is hot. It is hot for everyone, but it's a different type of heat for the unhoused. And we have not adequately responded and provided enough resources to make sure that our unhoused population is surviving this right now.
0: Yeah. And it looks like people indoors are struggling too. And I get the the distinction is very stark. I mean, in my neighborhood, I see people with faces redder than beets blistering at times. It's so hot. I mean, Uh, what about your neighborhood, Vogue?
1: I mean, my neighborhood, you know, the birds just don't come out (laughs) the the birds are on lock the squirrels are not squirreling it's it's just like it's actually really really strangely quiet every once in a while because I mean my goal and I've been hitting that goal really well is to not leave my house so I am basically just sheltered from the outside world and I be forgetting sometimes exactly how hot it is Uh, but when I have made trips outside of my home like I'll see people walking down the street and I'm I'm real tempted to be like girl get in the car and I'm like that's kind of creepy Vogue. you can't just pick people up but I'm like it's 100
0: plus degrees outside I I mean I can't imagine that quick cares and uh, emergency rooms all over the valley aren't being inundated with people who aren't sure what's going on and it just turns out to be either dehydration or exposure or any of these things and we're so cavalier about it I mean people I've heard people say you move to a friggin desert this is what you get but I don't know that that is the answer here. I mean, this heat, it's so present, it's so severe. It's also deceptively quiet and remarkably invasive. And we don't talk about it enough. And I think the reason is because what can we do? We can't block out the sun. So what what can we do to 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 make it better for people, inside and out?
1: Yeah, the library system has created up those like cooling stations. So they are, you know, the library district is trying to do their part in that way. And I think there was just like an approval for more shaded areas at the bus stops as well for people who don't have vehicles. Um, And that's, that's a much longer conversation, but they approved making some more. So, yay, there will be more shade at the bus stations. And I think, yeah, if you've got time and you got a couple extra bucks, like, just leave people water, man. If you got umbrellas or, like, you're at the, I don't know, does a 99 cent store sell umbrellas? I'm at that level. I'm sure they Um, do. (laughs) Of, like, go buy somebody an umbrella. And then, of course, our girl Lisa for trees. Were you going to say that, David?
0: No, no. I got something else, but tell about Lisa, our our friend Lisa Ortega, Lisa for trees.
1: Yeah. Uh, The planting of trees is going to also help increase the shade throughout the valley, because as long as we've got these big-ass flat parking lots that just... Soak up the heat, uh, it's not gonna get better. It's gonna get worse. So we need some more shade, some more trees, um, and to just be vigilant. Take care of yourself. Take care of your families. Yeah. Uh, this is not a tis. It taints the season to be walking.
0: <laughs> no, it, but not. some people have no choice. MJ, yeah. I, I don't mean to put this all on your shoulders, but as our, our our media representative here, do we need more reporting on the heat and not just the record temperatures, but like deeper dives into are landlords keeping those HVAC systems up do we mm. need to have like programs to augment uh, seniors and people living in poverty to be able to fix their own air conditioning. I kind of keep <laughs> thinking about the question of like wh- that you always hear of like, well, why did you move
2: here? Because you're a desert. And it's so ingrained into our brains. I'm currently reading this book, Poverty by America, by mm-hmm. Matthew Desmond, and he's talking about just the systemic issues, really, to poverty and just how we always kind of blame people instead of questioning systems. And so Mm. going back to your answer, yes, we should question systems that allow for seniors to sit in hot homes because they either can't afford uh, new air conditioning units because they're living on fixed incomes and have to uh, rely on nonprofits to fix it or can't turn up their air conditioning because we have industry that is cranking up charges, increasing rates on people. We need to look at s- systems that are actually making things worse. I think about going back to trees and to the unhoused population, how many parks are have been either closed down mm. or walled off or have restrictions added to it to make sure that the unhoused populations aren't going into. Now, cities and counties swear they're like, we're not doing this because of the unhoused. But... You can't help but see like... The
0: only reason Circle Park at at the Huntridge is not open is because of the in-house, period. Yes, Mm. exactly. Exactly. So we can't connect those.
2: We can't talk about these systems and the responses responses we are and are not taking. Uh, We have to look at them a little bit more holistically instead of these individualistic questions of like, why are you out in the heat? Or why are you sitting in this hot uh, house and uh, subjecting yourself to heat exposure like... There are various reasons, systemic reasons, why these all occur. Like, again, seniors on fixed income. Families, everyone talks about seniors. Families on fixed incomes. Everyone, like, lives on uh, uh, on fixed incomes because wages aren't rising as much as as rents are increasing. And so they are making choices and we're punishing people for two bad choices of, like, Do you want a higher air bill or do you want to suffer the uh, heat exhaustion from not putting on your air conditioning, stuff like that? And so, yes, we do need more in-depth looking at these these systems that cause heat-related illnesses and heat-related deaths. Um, And that even goes back to deeper understanding about climate change. Like, we still... Don't know. I think I've seen a lot of people criticize reporters because they don't know how to talk about heat and climate change effectively enough and the
0: communities that are suffering, which are primarily low income and black and brown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I I do look forward to reporting that doesn't just tell me it was a record high, but tells me what the impact of that was in all those systems, Michael, Mm -hmm. Uh, that that's just a really great thought. All right. You know, I don't want to end on the Debbie Downer. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm am, I am that person. Yeah, my no, I, I, I set it up. I Frankie
1: was, Fax. We're
0: on the Debbie Downer volleyball team right now. I just bumped it and you just spiked it. That's all. <laughs> Let, let's do something for funsies. I mean, if you were going to invent a game show or maybe even a talk show that uses the Vegas heat as the focal point, what, what would that be?
1: Uh, So, actually, we did something like this my first summer working out here, but we were just basically, you do some science experiments with the heat, of course. And of course, the first thing that comes to mind is like cooking an egg on different surfaces. So So food show? Yes. Top
0: top chef on the sidewalk? (laughs) 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 Top chef (laughs) in your car. (laughs) We got to not
1: waste the food. So we got to figure out like multiple surfaces. You got to try out different surfaces. You crack the eggs, you put them in the eggs, you put them outside, you put on a timer and then see how fast each surface... Cooks the eggs, and then you go take it to people. You got to check it for like food temperature safety, and then you go give it to people with water. So that's. How,
0: how about you, MJ? What's your? Ooh, what's can your we do that? TV can show? I expand on that? And like, I want to
2: yes. see what you can cook in your car. Like,
1: oh snaps! Yeah.
2: <laughs> Are you gonna go gourmet? <laughs> Not gourmet. Like maybe like, can I like put a tray of cookies out there? Will like it plump oh. up a little bit? Like I'm really I'm curious. curious. Um, I don't think it gets like 350 hot, so. I won't say, but I'm curious of what it actually does. Um, we need may, a cute make name for
1: this. <sighs>
2: will it bake? I don't know. <laughs> Can I play on like, is it cake? Is I don't it cake? Know. Will oh, it you bake? know, I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, will it bake? Vegas edition <laughs> cookies in the car. Okay, or cookies in the car. Cookies in the car is also a good name. I'm with it. <laughs> David, what's your show gonna be? Are you gonna add to our our cooking? Uh- yeah, well,
0: yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was gonna, but I, 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 no, I'm gonna do a variation on One Shark of Tank. Us. I'm gonna do a uh, variation on Shark Tank and just call it Lobster Tank or something. <laughs> just because, uh, well, Lobster Tank, just because they boil them alive. Mm-hmm. And so it would be a heat related entrepreneurial pitch show. Where people come in and try to get investment from the richy riches in our community to do something that alleviates uh, the heat impact, and i I would like to see that as a uh, uh, a shark tank type concept. so everything would have to be a heat one.
1: does the ceiling slowly open up, and like as they get through their pitch, if they don't if they don't turn the audience, if they don't turn the judges. <laughs>
0: No, the no, in time? the, in the, in the studio, broil? yeah, in the studio, the temperature is slowly rising one degree uh, every minute. And so it's just getting hotter. And uh, it's sort of like a variation on hot ones, right? So instead of like it getting progressively hotter because of the hot sauce, it's getting progressively hotter because they're just turning up the temperature inside or turning off the air, right? Oh. And so everyone is, yeah, is, only is so feeling the ass. urgency of the pitches. That could be That's
1: terrible, David. I don't really thought. <laughs> hey Sharks,
0: real. I have a terrible idea for you. Hey Sharks, are you sweating right now? I've got something to fix that.
1: Fans.
0: See? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna blow fans. on you. Oh my golly. <laughs> uh You're well. Uh that that that's a lot of hot talk, y'all. Uh boy. A lot of are, hot takes. A lot of hot takes, a lot of hot talk. A lot of hot air. Oh boy, you guys are the best. MJ Lyle of the Nevada Current and Vogue Robinson. Uh, of many, many things, including co host of CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for uh, doing the Friday News Roundup. This week's been a, a scorcher. Keeping it hot. Thank you for having me. that's all for today here on citycast las vegas our lead producer is sonia cho swanson our producer is layla muhammad our newsletter editor is scott dickensheets and our hosts are me david figler and vogue robinson music is by og moose epidemic sound and all the kimonos we record the show on the traditional homelands of the new UV, the southern paiute people if you enjoyed the show Go tell a friend, rate the show, spread the word, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care.
1: I'm David Frozen, All right. and this is CityCast Las Vegas. <laughs>
0: I had no idea that I froze. No one else froze.
1: We'll miss you.